Welcome. You're listening to the Becoming Kingdom Fit podcast, and I'm your host, Rebecca Tabbert. And ladies, today we're going to dive into an important topic, a timely topic, if you will, as we close out 2022. And like so many of us are doing, we are are looking into 2023 and really leaning into God for a clarity and understanding as to what 2023 will look like. So today I'm going to talk about um, my recent experience with fasting. We're not talking about fasting for dieting. We're not talking about intermittent fasting. We're talking about what is really a relatively new level of understanding for me in the power of fasting with the intention of gaining clarity, wisdom, uh, being in worship, and looking for that direction. So I'm going to jump into that in just a second. But as we close out the 2022 year, before we even dive into fasting and revelation, I want to just encourage you to really be mindful of your headspace. You'll hear me say that a lot, but especially this time of year. Now, hopefully you have carefully curated your social media headspace. Um, And that's not the, we're not gonna go too far into that today, but I'm just going to, again, bring the front of mindness um, reminder to, um, you know, don't be afraid, be unapologetic about consistently cleaning up your social media spaces. And if someone is in a negative spiral and it's, you're seeing it consistently over time. If someone is talking about how horrible 2022 was and can't wait to get to 2023, I know something about you because you're drawn into me. And so I know that you don't want to be in that headspace. So not that you need permission, but I'm going to give you the reminder and the permission for that little stinking thinking that you have such a special and unique place and purpose in this world. That yes, we are called to care for others and be empathetic towards others. And also we get to do our part to be at our best so that we can give our best. And sometimes that includes putting boundaries around things that are going to interrupt our ability to clearly hear, see, discern, and be um, in our walk, in our unique purpose with God. And I think one of the things that comes against us is if we have negativity in our inner space, right? So, uh, you know, I'm watching my feed and I have definitely carefully curated. So I would say 98% of my feed is filled with amazing women that are strong and encouraging and you know, maybe some difficult things happened, but they look at it from a perspective of what has happened for me, the lessons I've learned, what I'm really excited about in 2023. And I just would encourage you to be mindful of that is the type of mindset of an individual that you want to be around. Not to say that we don't have bad days, bad moments, but if you're seeing a pattern in somebody who is going to social media to talk about how wrong everything is or how bad this year was or or what have you, that's an indicator that that's 
not necessarily someone that gets to come with you into 2023. Um, just like uh, TJ Jakes gives this example of not everybody gets, like life is a series of flights and it's been a while since I've heard the original message. So I'm sure that I have morphed it over time. But essentially he, one of his analogies is, you know, not every, life is a series of flights and not everybody gets to, gets a ticket to the next destination, right? And that holds true when we look at and we evaluate who is in our circle, our physical circle, our physical well-being. It's not good, bad, and different. You don't need to have, you know, in-depth conversations with everybody, but you do get to evaluate the spaces that you've been in, the people that you've been around, and you look at from the standpoint of where they're at, where you're at, and do those paths still continue to walk together? And not only is that applicable in your immediate circles, but also the environments that you put yourself in social media. It might even be, um, you know, in, in our business world with online space and entrepreneurship, it might even just be um, as simple. Maybe it's not the complainers. Maybe it's a couple of groups. Maybe oh, you've tr- tested and, and tried building community in multiple groups and you're noticing that maybe um, one or two of the groups that you've been in just isn't quite like there's a culture or a pattern of really not being at the level of expectation that you have set for yourself at the level of vision that you believe God has given you. And it's not that they aren't y- y- amazing individuals but also if their vision isn't yet in the space in the whole if their vision does not yet align with the same level of capacity that God has given you in terms of reach in terms of impact in terms of income that you want to be achieving then it might be time to move on from that group because you are going to you want to be in environments that normalize the vision God has given you Make sense? And so with that, it, that was not planned to be part of this episode, but I'm sure that there is somebody that needed that reminder. Um, and it does also, though, tie into uh, this recent new evolution of fasting. And so what I want to um, encourage you is is truly, you know, don't take my word for it. Like in all things, take it to prayer and discernment in your quiet time of God, but if you feel a nudge to go enter into a time of fasting for the specific purpose of direction, of clarity, of um, you know, getting confirmation, if you will, on God's next step for you, um, for me, it, it might also be um, going in asking with an awareness that you don't know what you don't know. So perhaps you have the, uh, you feel like you have a clear understanding of what your next step of iteration in purpose, your next step in vision. Perhaps it's a vision that you've been holding on to for quite some time. I'm actually going to talk about that in the next episode. Just because it has not happened yet does not mean that it's not happening. There is, there is a process in the waiting. However, there are also um, maybe like detours or different paths or, or, you know, clarity in a specific direction that we may not even be looking for. So we then get to be intentional in asking God to reveal to us what we are not seeing. And one of the ways that I believe I know I'm going to use as after this, um, 
my most recent experience, which I'm going to share with you in just a minute, um, what I have learned about the power of fasting, um, my recent three-day fast experience, and also the practical steps of how I uh, logistically managed through a no food, no social media um, fast for three days, right? So I'll share with the, the practical hows as well and kind of my takeaways. But having gone through it, I will tell you my, one of my biggest takeaways is not only the clarity, direction, and discernment that I received over the course of the three days, but the necessity of it for me. Because for me, like I, like I, you've heard me say many times before, even when it comes to our fitness and well-being, we have blind spots. I'm going to go back to our physical health for a second because I know that's why a lot of you are drawn in, and that's where I get to come along. You know, uh, high-achieving Christian women to help them uh, experience being fiercely fit in mind, body, and spirit. And when it comes to our physical well-being, our weight is a outward reflection of something internally happening. Let me say that again. When a woman, and this is my, was true for me too, I'm not going to go into my story today, but really quickly in case you just happen to listen to this episode, my, when I speak and I coach, it's from a heart of empathy and understanding and compassion as somebody who struggled with weight, struggled with food, turned to food instead of God for many, many years. And now having been on the other side of it, coached for over a decade now and helped you know thousands create truly um, amazing transformations for themselves. So having said that, one of the critical elements to understand that makes the difference between just changing a scale by 20 pounds for a short period of time and losing the 30 to 50 pounds for the last time is understanding that the excess weight is often, more often than not, it is an outward reflection of an internal story. It is an outward reflection of an internal battle. And often you have held on to either the stories that you're telling yourself that no longer serve you, that have created the habits that led to the weight gain. You've held them for so long that you don't even recognize them. You just believe it to be true or you just have normalized the way you react to events or circumstances or hardship or whatever it might be. And because you've normalized it or because you've held those habits and those patterns for years or many of my clients for decades, despite all of the success achieved in all of the other aspects of life, you have this blind spot when it comes to your own physical well-being. And it requires whether it be direction from God or God using other people, mentors and coaches to give you direction so that you can see the blind spots, so that you can identify in this example, the thoughts that no longer serve you, the thoughts that led to the habits that led to the, the gaining the weight, right? Uh, and there's so much more to that. But even when it comes to our direction and our vision, there is a time and a place to recognize that as much as you seek God first each and every day, as much as you have a heart and intention of abiding in him so that he abides in you, as much as you have a heart and intention that delights in the Lord and so therefore you can trust that he has given you his desires for you on your heart, as much as you have the vision and you have it clear and you've just like Habakkuk 2, 2 and 3 tells us to write it down and so that... And make it plain so that those that see it will 
run for it. Even though you have done those things, we are human. We are live in a fallen world and we are in a state of distraction by the the world as we know it, even when we've carefully curated our environments, even when we're doing all the right things, there is still opportunity for distraction, disruption, things that um, would keep us believing smaller than what God has for us or things that would keep us distracted just enough to not hear God saying, turn left here, right? Instead of going straight or, or whatever the case may be. So when we go to him with the intention of show me, like, of course, I'm, you might be also asking, give me clarity and direction for 2023. Um, having a word for the year seems to be um, big for some people or having a scripture for the year seems to be big for some people. Whatever that is, is, of course you have that that you may want to go into a time of fasting with and also be prepared I would encourage you to ask God to show you what you do not see create in me a clean heart show me the vision right take that time away to really look and ask for um, the discernment as you close out this year and as you go into 2023 as you close out this year, maybe some powerful questions that you're asking yourself is, what did I learn? Where did I grow? Even in the challenging moments, understand that if you choose to believe that they happened for you, then you are taking your power back and you're giving God the ability to show you what lessons are within them, to show you how you grew as a woman, as a leader, as a CEO, as a mom, as a wife. You are giving him the opportunity to show you how that that how that grew you show you how that is working out for your good when you assume that it is in fact according to his word being worked out for your good and ask him so that you have that clarity how is that working for my good what how did what did i learn from that what did i grow from that how am i a different person here at the end of 2022 than i was at the beginning because of what i experienced because of how i responded to it because of how i leaned in now me being somebody that god has has really worked in and through me and this is one of the things that i get to now pass along to my clients I also choose to be a student of my mind and body. So I also go to God and say, where do I, where do I get to improve? Where do I get to expand? What do I get to work on? What worked and what did not work? Not from a standpoint of condemnation, but from a standpoint of being a constant student that wants to progressively get better until the day he takes me home. Not perfect, progressively getting better, progressively getting more like him, progressively walking more lock in step with his will over my life. And that for me has been one of my my prayers over this last um, few weeks just innately has been, Lord, I just want more of you. I am so incredibly thankful. 20 years into my walk, former atheist, corporate, overweight, um, turned Jesus-loving, entrepreneur, fiercely fit at 49, um, and have been for the last you know 13-ish years. For, well, no, I'm sorry. That 13 years is when I stepped out of corporate and into this. So um, fiercely fit for the last 20-ish years of the 49. Uh, and I can tell you that 
I lost my train of thought in that explanation for a second, but I can tell you that as everything that God has allowed me to experience, all of the growth that he's allowed me to experience, all the impact that I've been able to have is a blessing. And yet I also know that there is even more. That's what I was saying is that I really know that I have a very unique, special, dynamic relationship with personal relationship with God, just as each of us do. And I have intentionally worked at developing that relationship consistently over the last 20 years. And therefore, it is a strong relationship. And even still, my prayer has been, Lord, I want even more of you. I have amazing, incredible moments with the Lord where you just, that overwhelming feeling of knowing his presence, feeling almost brought to tears or brought to your knees because you just know, like you know all the, you just know, you know, you know that he is, is in that moment with you, that he is impressing something upon you or that he is just by your side, whatever it might be. And yet I want more of that as I walk in his spirit, right? As I, as I walk out everyday life, I want an even higher awareness of just my state of being as I'm doing, right? As I'm, and that might sound a little bit, um, you know, off for some of you, but I know that there, that those of you that are meant to receive that, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about like new age energetics, what have you. It's the fact that God's spirit lives in us. And to the extent we are intentional about our personal relationship with him, and to the extent we are intentional about removing distractions and being aware and mindful of the enemy's schemes so that we can you know, fight against them in the spiritual um, battles that God tells us that we do not war against flesh and blood, but about against prince and principalities, right? To, the more awareness we have in that, the greater access we continually develop to... Um, be more in him and less of us. Make sense? And so that has been my like just prayer over the last several weeks um, for some reason. I say for some reason because I don't necessarily remember one thing that triggered it or, or what have you. And leading up as I've been praying this, um, God had already started to kind of impress a couple things upon me about this year and about the year to come. And there's some big things happening and it feels like there's always something big happening, um, which is awesome, right? I, I love that about God. And also, uh, I, I think leading up to, I think it was like two weekends ago as of the recording of this, leading up to the, the decision to fast, he had kind of started putting things in, in place. And I, I have fasted once before. I won't go into that experience right now, but it wasn't a full no food, no um, apps type of fast. It was a longer fast, but with the intention of, um, and it was the first time actually God had put it upon my heart too fast for purpose of prayer and direction. And it was an incredibly powerful experience. Um, I believe that one was actually two years ago. And when I say that out loud, it blows my mind that I did not put it into practice more frequently because it was such a phenomenal experience. And I did get very clear um, and it was a season where God, I was about to go one direction and absolutely by God's spirit in and through me, because I asked him to correct my steps. He did and gave me clarity and direction that literally, um, helped me navigate a major decision that I almost took the wrong turn on. And, uh, 
in that time though, I have fasted and prayed till noon and I went through it. The words that I used to describe it at the time was like a feeling of just being undone in prayer in worship with him in the morning as I focused on him um, at that season of my life. I, I again recognized that I was very blessed that I was able to do that and just surrender that the business and, and all the other things would take care of themselves as I was being obedient to him. And so I went through that process with him for 40 days um, and it was super powerful. However, that life, whatever it might be, I did not go back to the idea of fasting until just a couple weeks ago. And leading up to this weekend in which I ended up doing an impromptu three-day fast, there was little um, impromptus when I look back, like seeing that somebody else had had done a fast and um, a couple, then Saturday, mor- Saturday morning, um, what what all led up to this was that on, on a Saturday morning two weeks ago, I was in my normal quiet time and I was prompted to watch a message and my quiet time goes through various um, iterations over time but uh, for the last quite some time it's been just prayer not just but prayer in journal and scripture so I had not been watching messages in the morning which I've done in the past but it just wasn't part of my routine most recently and uh, this morning I was prompted to watch a message I watched the first message and something within that message planted a seed of an idea of going into a fast. And then the next message, so I'm like, okay, Lord, I hear you. I like trying to have this conversation, trying to discern the direction. And then the very next message that I listened to was a specific message on the power of fasting. And that's what I want to, I want to share a little bit about that. I'm going to recap it. And then I'll also put the direct link in the show notes because this, um, three reasons why people typically do not fast. And then also going into the, um, eight truths of fasting is directly out of the service that I listened to with, uh, Stephanie Ike. So I'm going to go through that with you and then I'll go through how I, um, the practical steps I took and how I'm also going to make sure that I do not uh, let this much time pass again, um, pass again uh, in, in between fasting because it just was that powerful. So I'm going to rapid fire through some of these, but the three reasons people do not fast, and this is a direct summary from the message from Stephanie Ike. Um, one is ignorance. And so the first reason people typically do not tend to fast is just ignorance. And Stephanie Icke talks about the fact that ignorance is not a bad word. It just means you don't know, right? And it's like I say all the time, you're, you don't know what you don't know, right? That is being ignorant. Um, ignorance really is this lack of understanding. And when people lack the understanding of the power of fasting, um, then they, they don't see the importance of it. And so then just like I had not done in the past, right, I didn't make it a priority. I didn't see it the way I saw it now. I had no idea the impact it could um, play and how God could speak to me through that time. And so I was ignorant to the benefit and therefore I did not prioritize it, right? Uh, Stephanie Icke also mentioned that people might be ignorant about how your body responds to it, right? Sometimes you get started on a fast and this has been me in the past too when I would try to um, do a fast for what I thought were health reasons at the time. 
Um, and I'd feel like I can't do it because my body's doing this. And, and there's some truth to that. There's not, fasting is not for everybody, I think, um, depending on if you have certain medical conditions, that type of thing. But for me, it was also true that it was just an adjustment, right? Uh, when you physically fast from food, especially if you eat a highly processed packaged diet, you're going to feel poopy for a while. Um, I do a healthy detox um, uh, with my community a couple times a year, and but there's food included. It's not meant to be a fast. And even in that, I'm very clear in that you might feel poopy the first day or two because your body is literally detoxing from all of the junk that is in our processed and packaged foods. And so when you have the awareness that that's what's happening, the reality is the worse you feel, the more likely it is that you were eating a lot of packaged processed foods, high carb, high, high um, fast digesting um, carbohydrates, simple sugars, and your body is trying to detox that. And when it detox that, the literal toxins float in your body. And then as you drink a ton of water when you're fasting, um, that's what will help it wash it out. But knowing that, if you st- go into a fast and you feel uncomfortable, then some people tend to, to give up, which 100% had been me in the past when I had tried to do it for um, health reasons. So the second reason people typically do not fast, um, Stephanie Ike gave this great fo- uh, quote by John Piper, and it basically comes back to a lack of hunger for the Lord and his presence not because you don't want to be close to God, but because you've settled for the awareness that you currently have, not knowing that they, that he has an even stronger presence for you. Going back to you don't know what you don't know, right? So John Piper's quote is, the absence of fasting is the measure of our contentment with Christ. If we don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because we have drunk deeply and are satisfied. Excuse me. It is because we have nibbled so long at the table of the world. Our soul is stuffed with small things and there is no room for great. And that was a direct quote from John Piper. So again, exactly as I said before, essentially we don't know what we're missing until you step into this level of presence and understanding that comes as a result of a true no food fast. That's my opinion. Their fasting, quote unquote, has become morphed over time. Like you've got the Daniel fast. A lot of people do that at the beginning of the year. It's a healthier way of eating. Um, but I don't know. And again, I'm not a theologian. Uh, but as I'm starting to study and I will you know, share as I learn as well. And there's some that believe that um, like a true biblical sense of the fast for purposes of discernment, direction, close worship is no food. Um, and you know, Daniel was eating to be healthier, but that's not the point of this, this, um, if that works for you and you're, you're doing that, of course, I'm going to encourage it because, um, well, you don't have to exclude any food group to be healthy, but if it helps you to do that with a group of people, um, for a period of time. And during that time, you're also praying and in the presence, like there, there's, it's not a bad thing, right? There's, there's a lot of good things that can come out of that. Um, so the third reason is pride or self-dependence, right? Um, 
Stephanie Icke was talking about the fact that we um, are created to be in partnership with God, but sometimes, and I can see Stephanie Icke was sharing that this was true for her, even though she was raised in a church and raised as a believer, she also just was fiercely independent in realizing, um, feeling as if she was doing all these things on her own. And for me, in my own personal experience, having been an atheist for a long time and just my life, you know, as a teenager and as a young, you know, 20 in my early twenties, my life and my life experiences and the meaning I gave them is that if anything's going to get done, I have to do it, right? I can't count on other people. So I've got to get it done for myself. I can't, you know, nobody's really reliable or dependable. I don't, no one has my back. And so I'm just going to make these, this happen. I'm a fighter. I can do this. And I did time and time again, looking back, I know that God had me the entire time and was working behind the scenes, but I was telling myself that the story that I was doing all these things on my own until, you know, my mid twenties when I came to know the Lord um, and started to lean into him as much as I wanted to lean into him. I had practiced the habit of being so fiercely independent and feeling as if I needed to do it on my own that I can still see where that is not the struggle that it was 20 years ago, but I can still see where the the nature of me wants to pull things back into control. The nature of me has a hard time waiting on God's timing. The nature of me wants to feel like I have to do instead of just be, right? There's, there's work ethic. There is something to be said about work ethic, but also not striving for the purpose of achievement, not striving for the purpose of, um, you know, an alternate, ulterior motive of, of like validation or something along those lines, right? That's where we get to do our part and trust God with the result. Um, so going into a fast, as she was saying, is knowing that we're not it like surrendering our own control, surrendering our own will, Right. And knowing that we have this dependency and this trust in God to give us that wisdom and that discernment. So the eight truths of fasting that she that she shared is that fasting is an activity that brings you into the economy of possibility. And this comes back to and this is, you know, me uh, paraphrasing or what have you. But when we remove the distraction and that's why one of the reasons that I think it is important to for me, I'll say for me, and you get to be in your quiet time and your prayer and your discernment, but I can see a difference even from the first time that I fasted where I would do it half a day and then, you know, go God in that time taught me how to be completely undone in the morning and still, um, you know, and even in that real quick, um, side note, even in that, I'm because I was hardwired to be not hardwired, but the, the meaning I gave life and the, all of that um, created in me this um, this toughness, if you will, where emotions just got stuffed down and dealt with later because I didn't have time for that, right? And yet God has so changed my heart, my mind, my way of being that in that particular season and in that fast especially, although since I've known him, I've been much more emotional, um, not in a bad way, but like the ability to actually feel emotion versus just being cold or shut down or, or what have you. And especially uh, with the birth of my son that like started the whole process, right? Um, 
But so I've been able to experience motion a lot greater. But during that time where um, the the fast, I think it was almost two years ago now, um, that the morning of not eating and j- drinking lots of water, but not eating and just being in prayer and just being in his word and, and just being in worship and all of those things, um, he was taking me and stretching me through things that were so emotional. And I, I don't know if I have cried so hard so often in such a short period of time as I did over the last 40 days. But then once noon hit and I would jump into having that heart of service for my clients, for my community, from all those things, God showed me that I could hold space for both. I could be the person that is all the things for everybody else and also allow myself to be completely undone and surrendered to him. And so it was really phenomenal. And the, however, when you do three days with no food, it's almost like a concentration of that experience, right? So what took 40 days, and not that that was a bad thing, that's what he told me to do, um, was now condensed into this three days because it was just this intent time of no other distractions, no thinking about what I'm going to eat, no preparing food, no, you know, he had also told me uh, Saturday morning after he told me to, to fast. He told me to, um, to also remove all social media apps, like no apps, no nothing, just me three days. Okay, Lord. Right. Um, in, uh, he, or he didn't necessarily say just me cause family was home at different, at some points in time, but I'll show you, tell you about that in just a second. So that fasting is the activity that brings you into the economy of possibility because you're completely immersed in his presence, in his will, and leaning in without the distraction of outside influences, whether it be food or like even in those moments where you're hungry and you're going back to him and saying, God's word is my food, right? God's word is my daily bread. Um, The second is fasting as a sacrificial posture of our dependence on God, right? Um, Stephanie Ike said that David said in Psalms, I will not bring the Lord what costs me nothing. And again, that's where I go back to doing a no food fast, right? Because there's a bigger cost associated with that. There's a bigger sacrifice. And I think the greater our sacrifice in some things, the greater we are I, the word that want, wanted to come out of my mouth is forced, but I think that is accurate for me anyway. I won't say this for you, but it really forced me to be so intently focused on him. Um, fasting is, uh, number three is fasting is an external practice fueled by internal passion. It is that that passion to want to have discernment. It is that passion to want to draw closer to him. It is that passion to want to worship him or get clarity or discernment on a decision or direction for the next year as we go into 2023 as of the taping of this, this episode, right? Four, fast is an expression of worship saying and our ability to say that God this is what I you are what I want right you I trust in you to sustain me it's you that I am seeking right uh, fasting is number five fasting is the humbling of the soul Psalm thirty five thirteen says I humbled myself with fasting our soul is wisdom and intellect fasting is saying I'm not going to rely on my own wisdom Going back to what I was describing before about having our own blind spots, right? We think we know, but we don't know what we don't know. 
So in order to not rely, not fall into the trap of unknowingly relying on our wisdom because we've done all the things so we think we're right, really taking that to the Lord and saying, I think this is what it is, but show me, Lord. I completely surrender to your guidance and your direction. Um, number six, fasting is a pattern that has consistently birthed the same results. And so in Stephanie's message, she gives examples of um, how fasting is used over and over and over again in, the, um, in God's word for direction, for discernment, for all the things we've been talking about, right? Number seven, fasting puts n- the nature of our flesh under the authority of the spirit. Oh, sister, listen to this one, because it's so in tightly aligns with what I know God has called me to do in standing in the gap with you when it comes to your health and well-being. Because this is what happens. And I've talked about this in other episodes. It's probably a good time to do another one on this. But Adam and Eve lost dominion over the earth when they lost dominion over themselves. The entire fall of our, God's original intention for us was created when Eve was tempted by the enemy and lied to and deceived. And th- there's a whole message on that that I would, I would love to share at another time um, with food. He tempted her with the one thing God told her not to eat, right? Because this is a quote from Stephanie Icke. The enemy knows that if he gets you to lose dominion over your flesh, then he has the upper hand and then he has you. And that was a direct quote of Stephanie Icke, but I could have said the exact same thing myself because that is 100% what God started to make crystal clear to me over the last couple of years as I transitioned out of the brick and mortar to be 100% online so that I could be unapologetically rooted in God's word for purposes of my, my containers, my coaching, how I work with individuals, what I speak, all that kind of stuff so that I could fully focus on this specific mission to call out the scheme of the enemy that is wrapped up in the unhealthy relationship that so many of us have with food in turning to food instead of turning to God and turning to food as what has become an idol in our society. In the United States where I live, over 70% of Americans are overweight because the enemy knows that to the extent in which you are overweight is to the extent in which you are more susceptible for discouragement in your own body. Think about that. The very temple God gave you has become a battlefield that you are uncomfortable in. How wrong is that, sister? Right? But it's hard to overcome it. I know, and that's not what this episode is about. It's so hard to win that battle. But that is exactly what part of what we are called to do. The enemy is just like we all have issues. Everybody has an attack of the enemy that he is trying to use to either slow you down or rob you and the people you're meant to serve of the greatest potential of your God-given gift, right? And so once we get control of food, he moves on to something else. Like, trust me, he's, he's always trying to look for an in, right? So you might still be in that season where the food is that foothold, 
right? The, the discomfort in your own body is that foothold that the enemy is using because he knows that if you lose dominion over your own body, if you do not access the self-control that God has given you to say no to things that are, you know, eating in excess or eating with a motive of emotion or eating for comfort instead of going to God, if he gets you to do those things and or amplify the guilt and the condemnation after a choice, then he knows he has the upper hand over you, right? So the eighth reason that uh, Stephanie Ike gave was that fasting prepares you for good works. And this is where it could not be more appropriate as we go into the new year is, um, and this was part of what I was looking for in, um, in my time of fasting is direction on um, uh, how I serve, how I show up, what that looks like, right? The, the checking in of, I know the plan that God has given me. I know that he has called me to be a leader of leaders. I know that he has called me to, to be this coach and be this advocate and stand in the gap of powerful Christian women that are, we're all created on purpose for an even greater purpose. But the, the women that are just designed to have this ripple effect of impact and yet the enemy is using their physical well-being against them. I know that I am called to stand in the gap and to, to call it out. And I don't need to convince because the people that God wants me to work for, with, for yes, <laughs> serve and uh, with already know. Already know that this is part of what is standing between them and their greatest potential. They're even more, right? And so nothing about that changes. Um, however, it just how that checking in, you know, am I making the right steps? Am I in the right focus? Am I, um, um, creating the, like, what else do you want me to create to, to provide it? What messaging do I need to be sending out? What do I need to be focused on? Am I focused on too many platforms? Should I just be, um, you know, on Facebook and, and, or the podcast and, and really getting, clarity on the details and what this looks like in 2023. I have other opportunities as well that are in front of me and just making sure that that is the steps that he wants me to follow, right? That it looks like an open door, but getting prayer and discernment that, Lord, I want to be in your steps. And I think this is the direction you want me to be going. I think I get to do all these things, but show me um, you know, confirm and give me that discernment, right? And so that's what I brought in, in with the, with that curiosity, with that expectation to hear from him. And man, I, I can tell you that I walked out of that time with so many powerful insights, um, that that is why I then also felt called to share with you what my experience has been so far, um, and share with you the insights as I have. Now I'm going to go into the actual how I did it and a couple of the takeaways um, from the experience and or what has happened in the week that follows. So first I want to tell you that if you feel the nudge to go into this type of fast, expect negotiation, right? <laughs> you, If you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I also... Um, believe in like the neuroscience aspect of how God created our bodies and how he created just the intricate intricacy of even our, our brain, our thinking, our like just how everything ties together is so truly mind blowing. And part of that is that there is a part of our brain that is meant to keep us safe. It is the part of the brain that is meant to, when it feels fear 
it's the one that tells you like you see a lion you need to figure out are you are you staying still and he's not going to see you or do you need to like run the other direction right what is the best choice to go uh, move away from danger and to security security and safety and all of those things and so the idea of going without food for any period of time when you're used to eating what you want when you want most of us are thankfully if you're listening to this podcast we are very blessed even in that detail um, that we have, you know, everyday needs met. Not everybody has that privilege. I get that. Um, but for the most part, we get to eat on demand, right? So as soon as we tell ourselves that we can't have something or that we have this expectation that a fast is going to be hard and it's going to be challenging, our brain is going to try and avoid the pain and the discomfort that we are expecting to experience. So your brain is going to try and talk you out of it. Your brain is operating almost like an impulse computer. So it doesn't understand, it's not equating all the factors. It's reading a reactive hormone, which is fear or uncertainty or a awareness of discomfort and it is telling you then go the other way why would you do something that hurts why would you do something that's going to be painful why would you do something that's going to be uncomfortable right your brain part of your brain there is a higher functioning of reasoning and uh executive function and all that kind of stuff but there is this you know some people call it the lizard brain that is designed to keep you safe it's designed to conserve energy keep you safe and so it's going to try and talk you out of it and so sure enough my case was no different as soon as i heard that I was called to fast, um, immediately I thought, well, maybe I'll just do within the first minute, at least as I was still listening to the messages and, and kind of having this conversation with God immediately, I heard, well, maybe I'll just do a modified fast and modify my calories because, um, yeah, I still want to be able to work out and working out is a form of stress relief for me. Like it's not just about a weight. It's absolutely not really even about the weight on the scale anymore at this point in my life. Although, I mean, yeah, still, I want to, I get to have a good body and I want to have a good body in full transparency. But for the most part, it's also just a literal physical release for me. It's a stress. It's, it's one of the places that I get downloads, all these things. So I was using all of that to justify I need to have some level of calories so that I can still do that. And But just as quickly as that thought came, I'm super grateful because I've had practice over time to recognize what's happening I was able to say, nope, it'll be fine. I don't need to, I'll work, I'll move a little bit and I'll see what I can do, but I don't need to work out over the next three days. It's fine. I'm doing, God's going to honor it because I'm, I'm doing this because I believe I'm doing what he's calling me to do. And then the next thought was, because I also then shortly after I heard no food for three days, I heard no apps, no social media at all whatsoever, no communications channels. And so my first thought was, well, what about my clients, right? My I, I need to be in touch with my clients. And they're like, nope, they'll be okay for three days. We're supposed to have some, um, a little bit of a break anyway. Uh, and then the next thought was, well, I have this workshop coming up. I need to be promoting the workshop. And the next, I caught that thought. I'm like, nope, it'll be okay. If it's, if it's no more than who is already attending, then that's fine. If it's meant to be more, God will handle that too. It'll be okay. And so then I go into this time of fasting for three days. Um, and for me, it was last minute. It was literally, I got that download on Saturday and it was following immediately with obedience, immediate obedience, which is not something that I, I know that I am always great at, um, but in this moment it was. So it was right away, no more food, no, t- took all the apps off my phone. 
Um, and I feel like God, already, of course he already knew, but you know, you hear, you, I, I'll say you see these Hallmark movies of these spouses that like are super romantic and they plan these amazing getaways and it's like, nope, your bag's packed. You don't need to worry about it. You just follow me. You're, you know, I've got the tickets taken care of. Everything's already arranged, all that kind of stuff. Right. I feel like God did that for me because this morning it just so happened that my husband and I combined, we have four kids, two still live at home. They're pretty much adults, but our youngest is now 16. Um, and then one of my um, older, uh, one of actually my oldest bonus um, kid, he's not a kid anymore, um, still lives at home. He's 21. Um, but they were, no one was home all weekend. They were all scheduled to be gone. They were doing a, a trip um, that they weren't going to be home. And then my husband had also uh, pre-planned a softball tournament. So Saturday, I had the entire day to myself. So Saturday, I had the entire day, just by quote-unquote coincidence, to just be in his word, to be still, to be quiet. It was me and my dogs, lots of prayer time, a lot of messages, worship, journaling. Um, he had also just recently, like normally I get these journals on Amazon that are just like condensed pages, um, which is fine. I love them. But for whatever reason, I didn't get one on Amazon. I stopped into to Walmart just the weekend before, and it's like a full college rule type journal with these really big, expansive pages. Um, and then I got to spend that time. It was like everything was predestined. Everything was set up and perfect for me to be able to dive into this. And uh, Saturday night, my husband came home from softball. I was able to prepare um, food for him. We already had food uh, made, but, um, you know, heat it up and just do that for him while he was, you know, taking a shower and all those things without any challenges. Every time the idea of I feel like I'm hungry or something, I would go back to God's word is my sustenance today. This, his word is my daily bread. I am not hungry. I am leaning into him, right? And really coaching myself through these conversations. I also um, will tell you that I drank a lot of water. I did not give up caffeine um, because I, I know that for me, I was... God was really specific about no food and no apps. And so I didn't feel like I needed to. And I know that caffeine can um, just help me. It, I don't know how else to say it. Like I just caffeine in moderation is actually one of the things that I use to help me focus. That's a whole different conversation. I think it's tied back to... Um, some ADD tendencies and what have you. So just small amounts of caffeine, but it actually helps me stay focused. Um, and so I still had some caffeine, just black coffee um, and or uh, stevia in moderation does not break your fast. So in the afternoon, I did go to Sprouts and I got some uh, Zivias, which is a... Uh, type of soda, but it doesn't have any sugar. It's natural. It's sweetened with stevia. Uh, and so I sipped on that, but then also in my water, 
I would add apple cider vinegar and be careful with the apple cider vinegar. Start with like one tablespoon um, and lemon, which the, you know, eight, whatever you want to create eight to 12 ounces of water with a squeezed lemon and anywhere from a tablespoon to two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. That's actually a normal tonic for me. Um, there's just so many benefits to both lemon as a natural detox. And then apple cider vinegar has like, I think they wrote an entire book on the benefits or perceived benefits of it. So it's something that I use on a regular basis, but when you're fasting, um, what your body is often seeking is not actual food, but like nutrient, the electrolytes. So I would also add a little bit of pink Himalayan salt. And I probably, I wasn't intentional about, oh, I have to have three of these a day or anything like that. I just, as I felt the need, I would, um, create one of those. So I might have averaged two of those quote unquote tonics a day during that time frame and a lot of water. When I say a lot of water, I drink a gallon a day pretty much all the time anyway. Um, so that's fairly normal for me. So that sustained me over the course of the three days. On day three, um, it was definitely more of a struggle by like afternoon on day three. So Saturday, I was completely by myself. Sunday, my husband was home. And so it was just on my heart. Like I did my normal quiet time and, and um, all of my normal like morning stuff with the Lord. Um, and then just spent some good quality time just really vegging with him. And um, I think that that was intentional and on purpose as well. Uh, and so I'm super grateful for that. And then Monday, I was able to defer my morning, what I had originally planned for my morning, and just go back into that time of prayer and discernment and direction for the first half of the day. Second half of the day, I had things that I didn't feel like I was called to change because I'm also very big on yeses or yeses, nos or nos, um, and keeping my commitments. So I stuck to those commitments. And then you know, late afternoon on that third day, it did start to get more of a challenge. So I was really leaning into those prayers of God's word and I'd go back to God's word and I'd go back to my journaling in between appointments and what have you. Um, and so that's ultimately what sustained me. And of that, like I said, I do, I did walk out of that time with clarity, with peace, with discernment, with um, clear direction. And I'm so incredibly grateful of that. And I also walked out with the awareness that for me, and again, you can take this in prayer and discernment, there's no judgment of right or wrong and what you decide or how you decide to apply it. But for me, I don't want to get to a place where that is... Um, after the fact. I don't want to get, I want it to be, I know that when we act with intention, that's when we get things done. So for example, just as you're planning your 2023 year, when you're planning, um, you know, one of the practices that I was just reminded of is this analogy. I don't remember who it's from originally. It might be John Maxwell, where you take like a glass jar and you have rocks, you have pebbles, and you have sand. And in the glass jar, the rocks represent everything that is most important to you. And so you put those rocks in the jar first, because if you fill the jar with the sand first, there's not going to be any room for the rocks. If you fill the jar with the rocks first, then the pebbles then the sand, the sand will just fall into the places, right? It'll fall into the little crevices. But if we aren't intentional, we end up creating our days, our months, our years, and fill it with all the sand, things that aren't necessarily important to us, but are the reactive stuff or the little things or the details. And 
in the end, we end up not having time for the rocks that we feel are important to us because we allowed the jar to be consumed by the sand. Make sense? So whatever those rocks represent for you, right? The rocks for me, like one of the rocks would be um, my daily quiet time with the Lord. Like when I look at how I break down a day, that is a rock. That is non-negotiable. That happens no matter what. You know, um, a pebble might be, I don't know if workouts would be a pebble rock workouts are probably a rock too, but pebbles might be, um, you know, a friend date or something like something that I enjoy doing, but I don't necessarily am going, I'm not necessarily going to make time for that every day. Right. And so then you look at how do you apply that to the month or the year? Maybe for you, it, a rock is time with family, like family vacations or travel or your launch dates for your business, right? Those are the rocks. You plan those out for the entire year so that they get done, so that they're on your calendar, you make them non-negotiable, those things don't get moved, right? And then the less important things, you go back and you fill in with the pebbles. What are those less important things? They're still important, but they're less important than the rocks. And then everything else gets filled with the sand, right? The monotonous day-to-day or little things that come up, whatever it might be for you. One of my rocks is going to be a three-day fast once a quarter so that I can be checking in, so that I can be asking to show me what I don't know, right? So that I can be looking for that wisdom and discernment. Um, so I hope that this was helpful for you. Um, the Again, the, the timing for me, what we've talked about is looking at the 2022 year and evaluating what do I want more of in 2023 and what happened that was unexpected but I learned from it and asking God like how am I different because of that event how did it change me how did I grow right and looking at how you are applying that right and what to take into 2023 and then looking at 2023 um, and taking it to prayer and being very intentional about asking the direction that he wants you to be going in this year about asking this is the vision that I believe you gave me are we still is this still it is this still the track that you want me to be on and really going through that process and so for me having fasting as a as was yeah I want to say it was critical um, in really getting clear and discerning I will tell you what's been really interesting that I I should have I feel like I should have known (laughs) and I was not as prepared for but I will be next time is that coming out of the fast there was you know a 24 48 hour of like just lock in step with uh gratitude and the knowing and everything that came out of that fast. And what I can see now is the enemy very quickly swooped in to try and discourage or distract or like just not even necessarily, well, yeah, I'm going to be real. There's been some discouragement. There's been some um, moments of unexplained emotion. And at 49, I may be having some hormone things going on as well, but I am a very a self-aware individual and very aware of emotions coming up and, and that type of thing. So I'm thankful for the awareness and I'm thankful that I, God has given me tools and the skills to be able to catch thoughts, take them captive, take them against God's word. But it's this awareness that the enemy is also, even if there is something hormonal going on, 
the enemy is also trying to amplify that because especially whenever we get breakthroughs, whenever we're onto something, right? These, the labor pains get more intense, the closer we get to it, right? Um, and I'm grateful that God has, has given me uh, such clarity and wisdom and discernment and dreams of the visions and, and what is to come and the stages that I'm in. And also he's made it very clear that the enemy is very real and will continue to do whatever he can to try and keep me from it. And no doubt he will do the same to you. So it's just the, the awareness that whenever we have these powerful discoveries, the enemy is going to swoop in and try and rob you from the moment, rob you from the joy, rob you from the remembrance, keep you discouraged or distracted. And it just, just to be aware so that you can go, aha, uh-huh, I see you. And so I'm going to fight with my spiritual tools. I'm going to fight just as Ephesians tells me, and I'm going to put on the full armor of God. I'm going to be extra cautious about my headspace. I'm going to be extra cautious about what I watch. I'm going to be extra cautious about what I scroll on social media. I'm going to be extra cautious and aware of the thoughts. I'm going to be extra cautious and diligent about taking my thoughts captive, right? And being in action regardless of how you feel. Like one of the things over the last couple of days um, after the holidays had a great Christmas is I just, I didn't feel like going to the gym, (laughs) which is odd for me, but I just didn't feel like it. So I got to remind myself, stop asking yourself how you feel about it and get up and move, right? I am praying for victory and healing over um, my back in this season, And, uh, so it's, but I also know that physical movement helps. It's like the chicken before the egg. And so it's forget how you feel and focus on God's promise that he heals and that God's promise that it's already done and, and kept taking those thoughts and taking them captive. So without going into, um, any more tangents. I hope that this has been helpful to, to review 2022, looking for the positive, looking for the lessons, looking for his, his hand, looking for how it benefited for you. If you want to look at what went wrong, you will absolutely find it. And the enemy will use that to uh, wage war against your mind, against your emotions, against your relationships, against your calling, all of those things. So as God word tells us, look at 2022, focus on what was good, focus on what was lovely, focus on the lessons and what you get to take out of it. Focus on, on the, the, the wins and the takeaways and, and those things, right? Focus on his promise that all things work out for your good. And even when it seems unimaginable, just what if it was for my good? What if it was for the good of someone else? You know, what if, and if you still can't find it, if there's something like it was a year where something completely tragic happened and I, I can understand and relate as well, it's hard to understand what good is coming out of it. That's when we just, that's where faith comes in. We don't have all the answers, but you get to choose to trust, choose to believe, even if you don't feel like it, even if you don't see it. And then looking into 2023 with a heart of expectancy, with a heart of obedience, with a heart of diligence, with a heart of expectation uh, that what is ahead is even more than what you ever could have imagined, right? And the power of using a true uh, no food fast, if if, if this resonates for you. Um, over with intention 
and ask yourself, God, is this something that you want me to integrate? Am I listening to this podcast episode for more than just this podcast episode? Is this something that you are calling me to do on a more regular basis in the next year? Um, so with that, if you have found this helpful, I would love to hear your thoughts, your feedback. If you decide to do a, th- a, a no food fast for any length of time, remember lots and lots of water, um, you know, make sure that you're checking with a medical professional. If you have any pre-existing conditions, all of those things, right? Uh, but if you do choose to, to do a fast, I would love to hear how that went for you. Um, and whatever you want to share, if you have any questions about how to do this in a practical matter or anything that you, I've said that maybe I didn't finish a thought and you have question or you want clarity on, um, I love hearing from you. It's truly me emails, Facebook messenger in our community group. Um, it's me answering, it's me responding. I'd love to hear from you. And this time is no different. So with that, I look forward to just more time and a even greater emphasis on um, this podcast and connecting with you over the course of 2023. Um, I truly love you uh, because I know that you are, you are, you're not listening by coincidence. You are listening because God has chosen to use me as a vessel of planting some sort of seed or watering a seed that he's already laid for you at some time past. Um, And it's my honor and my pleasure. So with that, love you. If you think this was helpful and you think somebody else would be helped by it, it would um, help me (laughs) continue to be used by God if you would uh, leave a review and uh, share it with a friend that helps The algorithms know that it's worthy of listening to and it will not only help the person you decide to share it with, but it will help the natural algorithms boost. And so you may be helping people you will never meet, but know and trust that um, if you're feeling led, there's a reason. If you're feeling led to share, there's a reason and follow that prompt. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Bye for now.